Hello, 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 and welcome to Capital Musings, UNCTF podcast, where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor. I'm Eduardo Tanchoni, your host, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The theme of this season is the road to Doha. In line with the upcoming fifth UN conference for the least developed countries to be held in Doha, Qatar. Today, we want to try something new. We want to try something different. As you know, the theme of this season has been the road to Doha. We've talked about it. We've had marvelous speakers with us, working through some of the possible priorities that we as development practitioners may focus on down the line over the next 10 years in support of LDCs. We never really talked about the content of this draft program of action and what that entails. So today, I want to start walking through with you guys some of the key elements that we can think of and how it's been developed. So we've talked about it in the previous episodes as well. But as you know, due to COVID-19 and Omicron variant, we had to postpone the conference from late January to a later date yet to be defined. On 21st of December 2021, the Preparatory Committee approved the draft program of action and decided to recommend it to the now postponed 50th conference for the list of other countries. So now we have this document. It's a draft document, yet this full of interesting elements that I think we could really go deeper on to picture and to understand a little bit more what's to ask, what's the, the main elements that the LDCs themselves have defined as the main priorities for the next decade. This is going to be possibly like a few episodes because the document is quite large, is around 60 pages, and it delves into all different elements that uh, contribute to and the different factors that come into play when it comes to sustainable development. So in its introduction, it really tries to define the transition from the world that we used to live in and the moments where 10 years ago in 2010, the LDC's dimensions that it used to face prior to the Sustainable Development Goals, during the Millennium Development Goals, and what has happened right now. Of course, the world where we live in, especially for emerging economies like the LDC's, is completely different due to COVID-19 and the consequences of COVID-19 with, you know, supply chain disruptions and, you know, climate change that is almost very evident in those economies that kind of exacerbated pre-existing vulnerabilities in those economies. So the Doha program of action serves as a platform where LDCs can start thinking about what kind of priorities and what programmatic elements, directions they would like to altogether go towards in over the next 10 years. The Doha program of action really starts with understanding and delving into why there's a program of action in the first place and where it all started back in 1981, 40 years ago, where the international community at large met in Paris, France, UN Conference of the Least Developed Countries, and launched the very first program of action that didn't call itself as a POA, as we now call it now, but it used to be called Substantial New Program of Action for the Least Developed Countries. 
that had a, a very ambitious objective that has been revolving in other instances to transform the economies of the LDCs towards very particularly self-sustained development and enabling them to provide at least internationally accepted minimum standards of nutrition, health, transport, communication, social infrastructure, including wash, housing and education, as well as job opportunities to the citizens, particularly to the rural and urban poor. So there's different dimensions. There's the nutrition element, there's the health, there's the transport. And this rhetoric is still present right now. It just changed its own right iteration. Given the development also that as development practitioner, we took in as part of who we are and what we do. As you can see, there were lots of different elements. There were more human-based elements as well as more of infrastructure-related assets elements. But still at the core, there was always the idea of keeping a minimum standard of living and as well as completely unleashing the opportunities of LDCs. Now, the more we talk about it, the more we develop ourselves is also how the overall rhetoric has changed. And that's how the POA delves into and for the refines, those different elements that were entered within the 1981 SMPA, as they used to call it. The program of action highlights the health and socioeconomic crisis that we're all living. And uh, it's different dimensions that affect not only the international community at large, but most importantly, the people of the LDCs. And it delves into this crisis that it presents itself not only in its personal dimension, but also as a collective. And this is very peculiar for the LDC countries and how themselves starting to recover from this disruption that the pandemic has brought about, both in terms of health issues, but most importantly, also in terms of its socioeconomic dimensions. The program of action starts really to break down what it entails and in empirical terms, what the consequences of this crisis are brought about in terms of rising poverty, hunger and malnutrition, the inequality, human rights violations, the digital divides, humanitarian emergencies, insecurity, environmental degradation and climate hazards. They went on also in defining one in every three people in LDCs that live right now in extreme poverty and how COVID-19 has risen this number further. There's then a commitment to fostering peaceful, just, inclusive society per SDG 16 that are free from fear and violence. And particularly a highlight is made on the different elements, like one to two out of the three pillars of the United Nations that really one cannot live without the other, meaning there can be no sustainable development without peace and security, as well as there cannot be any peace without sustainable development. And I think this figure is eloquently defining and bringing about the main elements that come with the 2030 agenda of how all the different SDGs are mutually reinforcing and non-mutually exclusive. Then call for extraordinary measures, given these uh, unique multidimensional effects that the crisis brought about and how this should be brought forward and how as a collective, again, 
we should all come together and address the challenges. And the common denominator is that whatever action is taken should be on, and that's on the long one living behind agenda, but also the human security dimension, which is also something quite peculiar to highlight in here. Subsequently, there is a little bit more of the frameworks upon which this program of action is defined. And there's, you know, the response to COVID-19, as we talked about, the willingness to achieve the 2030 agenda for sustainable development, but also the AAAA, which is the Addis Ababa Action Agenda, which refers to the third international conference on financing for sustainable development, as well as the Paris Agreement. So it's really very much comprehensive on the different elements and what it refers to. So that there's this willingness towards tangible solutions and how these tangible solutions that are brought forward need to fully respect the specificities of the LDCs as entities, but also how within those specificities, there's also a disproportionate impact that this crisis that we talked about have on the most vulnerable and the most marginalized. Then the program of action continues to talk about certain elements based on the different uh, crisis dimensions that we talked about before, also as a collective for the LDCs in empirical terms. For example, the shrinking of the economies in 2020, the external debt burden, debt service obligations, the lost gains in poverty reduction, they're completely wiped out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Trying to, to really set the stage for what will then become the main priority areas and the commitments that the LDCs as a collective and the member states at large will make for this particular set of countries. Then this is also not only from an economic standpoint, but also as a social as well as an environmental dimension, which is something that is very peculiar in here. And you can really see how COVID-19 really completely changes the game in terms of defining those priorities, because for the first time, we can actually see the importance and the emergence of social protection systems and what it entails and how the shocks in the various dimensions, both from a climate perspective, but also social perspective, can bring about additional vulnerabilities for those countries. So there's something that is uh, very prominent under the document, but also how, in empirical terms, for the LDCs and for this program of action, this could entail for the graduation process down the line of these countries, meaning if there's no action undertaken on these key pillars of the economies, as well as the societies, as well as the systems that are in place for these countries, that graduation cannot be achieved. There's then a little bit of data, there's a little bit of statistics around, again, that we remind ourselves of the fact that for now, and hopefully uh, always diminishing its number, we have 46 members that comprise of around 14% of the global population. They are some of the poorest and most vulnerable in the world, and also that account for only 1.3% of global gross domestic product, 1.4% of global foreign direct investment just under 1% of global merchandising exports, which is very, very low. It's uh, something that the POA with its priorities will try to boost up down the line.
then there's a little bit of hope here and the, <laughs> trying to underscore the specificities again on a brighter sense, meaning the potential for LVLDCs, especially in those economies from a human, a cultural and natural resource standpoint, which is very nice to see. And sometimes it's good to really see like some numbers around that and some statistics around it. Uh, the dimension of the youth as a growing working age population and the importance of looking at them as the drivers of change, they have a meaningful presence and meaningful participation in all the different uh, fora, as well as the need for sustainability in all the different actions and opportunities that are offered by new and emerging issues that we try to take stock of and try to meet and tackle. There's then the overall analysis around the structural challenges that impede LDCs to really partake in a standard economic development growth, if there's any of these sorts, but also how the different dimensions that LDCs have, they also, most half of which are landlocked or small island developing states, which brings about an additional layer of difficulties and specificities again for them. Uh, they recognize the progress of the previous program of action, especially in terms of access to electricity, access to mobile telephony and mobile internet, increased enrollment of girls and boys, primary education, the sexual and reproductive health care services that have increased access to, as well as reforms that have made it easier to start and register businesses. There's also recognition of the graduation from LDC Kachuri that progress has been made on this account, while also pointing out the challenges that uh, have been faced in meeting the graduation criteria, as well as ensuring sustainable and reversible graduation. By 2020, the IPOA set the goal of half of the LDCs, 24 at a time, that would meet the graduation criteria. And so far, only four have graduated in 16 are at different stages of graduation. So there's a little bit of concern that has been made around the progress that fell short of the goals and targets that were set out in the Sambu program of action, but also just a little bit of hope around bringing this new program of action as a way to reverse that and to try to accelerate the development in line with additional elements as well as additional campaigns, so to speak, that the UN at large is making with the decade of action, with our common agenda, etc. The thesis is very clear when they said that they defined the new program of action for the decade 2022-2031 as a new generation of renewed and strengthened commitments by the LDCs and their development partners that are grounded on those different frameworks that we highlighted before, the Paris Agreement, the AAAA, as well as the 2030 Agenda, but also the willingness to achieve rapid, sustainable, inclusive recovery from the pandemic. There's an understanding again that the LDCs face particular issues that are very intrinsic in their nature as a category of states and the need for certain perspective to be mainstreamed throughout the definition of the different priorities with state ownership, but also the fact that the least developed countries themselves are at the forefront and should be at the forefront in identifying their national priorities that formulate, execute a coherent economic and development policies and strategies, and that development partners commit to providing concrete and substantial support to these efforts in a spirit of shared responsibility and mutual accountability, in a spirit of global partnership.
and there's a link here of what this um, partnership entails, not only member states, but also the United Nations system at large, including Bretton Woods institutions, as well as multilateral institutions, regional development banks within respective mandates and international obligations. So really a concerted effort that builds upon shared responsibility, but most importantly on respective comparative advantages linking it up to the need for a national understanding as well as nationally owned and nationally set priorities and policies and strategies there's really a recognition of south-south and triangular cooperation as a means of implementation to achieve those and uh, the need for it to be a complement to another substitute of more traditional north-south cooperation there's also addresses beyond the UN system and in terms of partnership, what else, what other stakeholders must be involved in reaching the priorities set by this program of action and with recognition towards the private sector, the civil society and foundations beyond the youth and women that we have highlighted before. There's then a more of a recognition around what we said before, around the COVID-19 pandemic, the Ebola outbreaks, the financial crisis and climate change that are listed as a direct demonstration of how all of us as an international community, we live in a highly globalized interconnected world and the interconnectedness of all these different actors in defining solutions and making sure that no one is left behind for the sake of greater good. And a shared responsibility again, that is very rampant here in making sure that we reach the furthest behind first as well. The program of action then starts highlighting some of the sectors that will compose most of the actions and the commitments that are made and how these need to sit within as a complement to existing efforts by other international frameworks. For example, the Paris Agreement, as well as the Sunday framework for disaster risk reductions that require at large, beyond the SDG and the 2030 Agenda, of course, the involvement of all relevant stakeholders at all levels, local, national, internationals, and the need for context-appropriate solutions that respond to the needs and uh, the rights of populations and uh, they tap into and fully embrace the diversity of existing knowledge and experience throughout the international community at large. They then go ahead and highlight with concern that the international support measures that have been put in place are not sufficient to contribute to addressing the full range of needs that exist and urge to the international community of the need to fulfill existing commitments and push beyond business as usual, given the high and unprecedented needs that LDCs and uh, the most vulnerable and marginalized especially are in need of right now in this recovery phase. Lastly, this introductory uh, segment of the program of action reaffirms the importance of governments and important role in articulating, implementing the policies and programs that are needed to set the stage for a sustainable future and how national parliaments really have a 
key role to play in enacting the legislation, as well as allocating funds that serve everyone, irrespective of where they're coming from, that everyone is supported and that no one is left behind. In the spirit of the shared responsibility and accountability that was mentioned before, highlighting how we shall hold the governments to account for the commitments they have made. This is a first attempt of uh, reading through and walking through the specificities that this program of action brings about. And in the next episode, we're going to be looking at the additional six sections that compose this program of action, where clear commitments and targets that the LDCs, as well as member states at large, have made for the LDCs, with the LDCs as part of this program of action. So thank you very much for tuning in on to Capital Music's UNCDF podcast, where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor in the least developed countries. If you liked this episode, please give it a thumbs up, leave a comment on Apple, Spotify, and directly on our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. This is Eduardo Tanchoni, your host. And I truly look forward to the next episode and to tuning in again next week with a new episode of Capital Music and the Road to Doha. If you found this episode useful, please spread the word on Twitter with the hashtag Capital Musings or leave us a review. Reviews help us and new listeners discover our podcast. So if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review. Thanks and until next time.